0: All right, I believe I hear the beginning. I would say uh, we are fortunate to have another place to go when where we normally are is not available. The last time I think that we met in this hall, the air conditioner had broken. and it was way too hot over there. That's the last time I remember, and it's been a while. I don't even know how long. But And by the way, I have the throwing items up here today. So instead of getting thrown at, I'll do the throwing. Now, that ought to get your attention. Yeah, yeah I see that someone has reserved a little bit of work there for themselves, but... <clears throat> okay, we're going to be in First um, John chapter 2, we're still there, and it's hard to get out because it's so incredibly, uh, um, I don't know, the, the text is just, in, just incredible in everything it says, um, and we've noticed that all the way through this epistle, I get the idea that the Apostle John, when he sent this letter to the churches, that he wanted to reiterate the foundational thinking of what it is to be a Christian. Just in case someone had kind of let it fall away just a little bit or wasn't quite up to speed. And... He begins with things such as fellowship, uh, the the apostolic principles and doctrine, and that how if you're a Christian, that you are united with the apostles and the things they're teaching. And then you have fellowship with the Father and his Son. And he moves on to all the different aspects of light and darkness and uh, the blood of Christ. So, He's not letting anything uh, fall away here. That's why this is so intense. And not only that, now he's getting into the fact that he's talking about how people act, uh, what they say, how they feel. Um, and and I just think it's incredible. We're going to be starting with chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, down through... Verse 17, and I have it here <coughs> Excuse me to, to read to you. Uh, my version may seem a little different than yours. I've made some corrections as to the original language, uh, how it re- actually says and what it says, especially in chapter 12, because most of our Bibles have it um, say something a, l- a little erroneous there. But in verse 12, we get this passage that we've heard many times. And I think, just to start with, this passage shows the true the true love the apostles had for the brethren. The care. Once again, not just a few of the brethren, but all of the brethren. The older men, the younger men, the children everyone and designates or distinct makes a distinction even between them and I like that it says in verse 12 I write unto you my little children because your sins are forgiven you through his name I write unto you fathers because you know who is from the beginning I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written unto you, little children, because you know the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the evil one. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the vain glory of life is not of the Father, but is of the world or out of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust therefore, but he that doeth the will of God abideth into the age. Let's talk first about how John's addressing these these people. Uh, Little children, well, little children to us may not be what he had in mind with little children. Little children to me are some of them that may not even understand what you're saying to them. But little children could certainly be <clears throat> young Christians and probably is here, regardless of the age. <laughs> Although older people seem to mature quicker in the faith that normally should be. But the new convert concept here dealing with the things uh, because your sins are forgiven you very important to the new convert. It's the reason that many folks uh, are motivated to become a Christian. They want forgiveness and they really believe uh, that Jesus is their savior and sent by the father in heaven. And, um, Many of our translations use the phrase for his sake, but the the Greek really says uh, through his name. So it's by the work, it's because of who Jesus is that we have salvation. Number one, he's sent from heaven to be our savior, uh, obviously. And um, not only that, he is sinless. Everything about Jesus... Allows him to be our savior. Allows him to be our high priest. Allows him to be our mediator between us and the Father in heaven. And that's why it's through his name. His name being who he is. Not just what he's called. (laughs) The The name. The idea is the essence of the Son of God. And it should be translated the right way, uh, because that the way it's uh, usually written, it gives kind of an erroneous thought to it. I think um, we're not doing Jesus a favor becoming a Christian. Okay, yes, we're honoring him. We're honoring what he said, but remember, he was sent to speak the very words of his Father. And so in this, we find salvation. The Apostle John shows uh, in these few verses here, down through uh, 14, um, the idea that um, affection for the brethren and the distinction between them. And we should distinguish between our our folks. I think one of the things that's dropped away from... um, the church or the congregational thinking is 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 our idea of obeying the apostles and and how we look at and treat each other. I think it's very important. Um, I've often told people, uh, have you ever been standing with some other men and somebody come up and ask a question? Invariably, the youngest guy is going to speak first, and I think that's wrong. And it may may give the exact same answer, but I believe the young men, however young they are, need to defer to the older men always. Why? Even the Apostle Paul defers to men in the faith before him, gives them the honor of being so. And I think that's important. As you live your lives out, you'll find out why it's more important. It becomes very important. It becomes obvious, too. If you get to be an old man, you might even appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, that's that's one thing. And then there's all the other. We're, we're to treat older women like our mothers. We're to treat younger, younger women like our sisters. Get the idea? With respect and honor. The children, all of them. We should look out for all the children and be a real help to them. So the distinctions here. I uh, was looking at about who the young men are. Well, the fathers are the fathers and the older men. Uh, the young men, uh, I, I don't know what the age of a young man is. I know the age of people didn't live very long in the day the scriptures were written here. Matter of fact, the average uh, man only lived to be about 35, with the idea of, of being uh, losing your life before you, you normally would, through many different things, many different ways. So there was a real problem there. Although we find most of the apostles, certainly most of them, uh, lived to be older, some were that age already when they became apostles. So, uh, But still, the younger men are considered some, somewhere between 25 and 40. Under, under, 40. under 40, yeah. And uh, so I guess you don't even have to worry about it till you're 25, huh? I think you better change your thinking there. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I like these distinctions. It gets us to thinking. Verse 14, I have written to you, unto you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the evil one. So the word of God abideth. In other words, the word lives in them. They've allowed this to happen, you know. This is something you allow. You allow yourself uh, to be in Christ. You make the decision whether or not you are in his word and, and honoring his word and living uh, his word. So the word abideth in you or liveth in you. And what is the word? So the, the word is the attribute of God. The word will is truth. So you have this truth. It's gonna make you truthful in you know, in most ways. See, you're conforming yourself to God's will rather than trying to, you know, wedge your way into him with all of your ideas and ways. And you know, sometimes we try that. So truth. There's also the issue of power because, you see, the real power in, in, the, in the world, in, in, the, in mankind, is found in the church. It's not found outside of the church. The power of God is the power that is real. It's valid. Of course, love. And many would argue with this, uh, but real love, the love that Jesus defines and that Jesus uh, patterned is in the church. It's not outside of the church. I see a lot of compassion and a lot of good works outside of Christian people, and that's fine. But that isn't like I explained a couple weeks ago. That's not the love that we're talking about here. Um, This is love that's, that's real love. It's the love that God has shown us through his son. Order, that's something the world, if the world needs anything now, they need order. Uh, And then they can find out where love is. Because love's in 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 the church, but you need some order in your life. Logic, which to me is clear, consistent thinking. The Bible is logical, God is, he is the definition of logic. Everything Jesus said and did was a logical uh, thing to do and a logical response to everything that was said to him. Never lost his temper or his cool or whatever people call it now. And that's why he's a good example for us. Verse 15, love not the world, it says, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the vainglory of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And I think a lot of folks are really turned off by that because does that mean that we don't love the beauty of the world? But we can enjoy anything that we find in 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 the the world around us, including other people, and just the beauty there is in life or life itself now, if you think that's what it means that's not it that's not what world is here um, world if you look up what it means that the world can be that the that cosmo it can be the universe, but in this case, because of the context, it's, the world here is man's world system. Uh, the things of men, man-made uh, systems and ways and attitudes, especially those things that oppose God, that stand against what God is, is teaching through his word, of course. Yeah, and, and right. The love of the flesh. Love of the flesh, sure. Uh, I think the idea here, it isn't that we can't enjoy life. We can't enjoy the beauty of the world. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't do that. Not only enjoy it, but appreciate it, because it is God's creation. But I think what it means, as it says in Romans chapter one uh putting the creation above the creator it's real easy to do and and I meet there's so many people I have met in in this in my life that have done just that, and they think that some way this is a higher plane, you know, such as people that say they have real love and uh Otherwise, where's the church when all the bad things happen? They want to know where the church is. Well, what's the church got to do with the bad things? Number one, but they always want the church to come and fix all the bad things. But when that's over, then they don't want anything to do with it again. So to me, that's not logical. In in chapter 1 of Romans, around 25, or verse 25, and just a few verses, The apostle says, you're talking about people, for they have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature or the creation rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So that's two verses, 24 and 25. I didn't read 24, but... That's the situation here. If this is what you're doing, then you do have a love of the the world, the fleshly things, the the temporal things, and you have put them over the love of the of the creator. So, does the apostle want us to do such a thing? Of course not. But it, it don't hinder or don't do like some people do. They become hateful they don't want anything to do with anybody or anything in the world. Uh and they do that holding themselves up as as uh, a very religious person. And of course this isn't this isn't what religion or what faith in in God or faith in the Lord is all about. Let's it's true the the world systems and the science of men have come to some pretty bad conclusions and some pretty bad examples. So no, we don't need to follow that. Where we can, we can try to change them and, and make bring truth into it. Bring truth into government. Bring truth into science, for heaven's sake. You know, science changes every day. Man's science, man's conclusions, man's deliberations, it, on, in scientific things, changes constantly. So, But the true science that we find in scripture, it never changes, the basics, the true statements. That's why um, there's a group out, I think it's uh, Ken Ham's group, they have a a study they call uh, good science. (laughs) Trying to tie good, of course, being God's good. (laughs) As Jesus said, why, why do you call me good? Only one is good. Well, in other words, God's science. And that's what they try to present to folks. In verse 17, we could go on and on with that, but I think the point is pretty easily understood. And the world passeth away. Now, what is it that passes away? Is it the earth and the trees and the mountains and the ground? Or, or is it the the systems of men and the things of men? That's what's passing away, isn't it? By the way, it was passing away. It was about to, um, it was about to pass away in, in soon. So that the world passes away, not the earth and the lust, therefore. But he that doeth the will of God abide. Into the age, um, most of our scriptures say forever, but uh, I, I think into the age is a better way of looking at it. And, and that's right, according to the original, the scripture. So you know, here's the conclusion I can bring to that. Do you want to have a future? If you want to have a future, if you want to progress in the age. And goes from this age to the the, the, the heavenly age uh, in the spiritual age, then abideth in God. Be be a part of God's kingdom and God's family. If you want a future, see that's what it says to me, that into the age you're you're traveling. So if you don't want a future, live your own life. It'll it'll come to an end, and that'll be the end of it. Then you'll be left with those that have opposed God and those that are enemies of God. And that's not a place I want to live, or I don't want anybody else to live there either. So, in verse 17, I think we need to really get the idea, the ways of men pass away, but those that live for the will of God abideth into the age, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Now, um, what's our time like? I don't have a clock. uh, Okay. Well, we barely got time just to look at this next verse. The topic rather changes in verse 18, and I, I'm going to I'm going to want to read the verse, and then we can talk about it just a little bit. I'll start here next week. Um, little children, it is the last hour. By the way, how many? If you're looking at your Bible, how many folks have a different word for hour? Does it say hour in yours? Okay. Um, a lot. Yeah, a lot of the versions use the word time, and I hate to speculate why they might use time instead of hour. But uh, the the idea of hour is an hour shorter than than an indefinite period of time. Well, I think it is. So I, I think the, the, the intent here being the last hour, I think that says something, don't you? you the last day, last time for a couple thousand years. Yeah, right. Little children, yeah, it, you know, it can be the last time and it can go for a long time, <laughs> as we know. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you heard that... Antichrist cometh, even now have there arisen many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last hour. Boy, there's so much in, in there. For one thing, if you've watched any Hollywood movies concerning last days, you know that the so-called Antichrist is always a person that arises, that uh, a real personality, let's say that. But nothing. Everything in this verse dispels that complete idea completely. The grammar, the words themselves, the idea that many antichrists. Now we have. How do we take one individual and and make many out of it? Well, someone. I, I know that someone explained that the many just means the minions of, the minions of the antichrist. But is that what it says here? No, it doesn't. Not only that, uh the the tense, this is present tense in here. This was happening then. Okay? And then it's almost two thousand years ago. So you know the, the, the movies I know it's very sensational to have such a figure as an antichrist person. Uh getting involved in the affairs of, of man, causing a lot of disruption, but that we have to understand that the apostle knew what he was speaking about here. And the other important thing here in this verse, whereby we know that it is the last hour. Whereby we know. Who knows? The apostle John knows. Why? Well, um We'll talk about it more next week, but we'll go to Matthew 24, for one, and we'll read how he knew. You see, they were awaiting this circumstance to come. Jesus gave them a list of things to keep their eyes and ears open to the things that were happening in, in society that would show um, that these things were about to be the Lord's parousia, his presence, his presence was close at hand. Um, And it was even close then, and that was 40 years uh, of time. So um, I I really think this is an important verse. Um, The futurists of today, which is most of of the Christians uh, in the world, the futurists say that, Antichrist is a person. Almost, I've never met anyone that didn't say the Antichrist is going to be a person. Yeah, it's it's either the president or the pope or somebody else. Uh, But the popes come and go and so do presidents. And uh, none of them have voluntarily said they were the Antichrist I noticed too. Um, They might have acted like that, but uh, that that's not the point. So how can, and, and we need to understand this, how can it be then many? Um, it just this verse just won't let us buy into the whole scenario of the end times movies and things that are happening all around us. And so many folks really, really believe this because those movies are so very well done so very believable. The books, there's been a library of books written about this, sensationalizing it and and explaining everything from A to Z, how it all fits together to come down to be something such as this, such as they put together. And everything is always and continually into the future. It has to be in the future because if we start seeing something happen, then we're gonna, then we're gonna want to know we're gonna know what happens next. Just like the apostles, see, they saw and they heard things, and they knew when it was getting near. Why did the apostles say the last hour? They used the term last times and last days for a long time. Um, the Jews knew all about the last days were the last days of the Jews. Daniel speaks of it. Uh, all of their prophets spoke of it. They understood it in the time of Jesus. Uh, they spoke of the last day, didn't they? I think of what uh, Martha said to Jesus, um, the resurrection of the last day. They understood what the, the last day, but this is the last hour. And by the way, the word is hour, it's not day. Um Regardless of some of our translations, so I want you to think about that as as the, the week to come, and uh, we'll deal with it a little more uh, next week. Why are these studies important? Well. Because I, and I, I've seen and I've viewed and I've read a number of things concerning end times and other places that years past. And, and this verse is never going to be heard or, or uh, in those texts. It's not used like that. Um, and if it is, it'll be misused because you have to use, it's more than just the words, it's also the grammar it's a tense it was it when is it? Is it all future? Well, it isn't according to this. Grandma won't allow it to be into the future um except at the last hour, but he's talked then he talks about these as we go on in the verses that these things have come out of them and went into the world so so to speak. And we we'll, we'll deal with that next week. Um, very interesting, and we have to understand that uh, the, these things are important for us to know and, and to because otherwise we are we live in a little bit of a uh confusion, maybe even a bit of delusion, right David yeah, yeah. and none of us want to be deluded in any way. Not really, especially not on something as important as uh, what is all this about? What is this life about? Who is God? I don't want to be deluded about who is God. I want to know. Uh, and the only, way, only thing I'll accept is his word. I've seen some of the other things, and they don't really fly. They don't even meet the, uh, my level of intelligence or logic, so they're, they're not going to work. So I would share that with you today. Uh, Nathan, you want to come? And is there anything you want to do as far as... All right. All righty. Well, let's just consider these things. Let me offer a closing prayer at this time, and we will be dismissed. We thank you, Father, for the time we've been granted, for the fellowship we've shared And especially, Father, for your word and for the truth of it, for indeed the knowledge you have left us does set us free and give us uh, a real way to live, a real promise to have, and a real hope that we can truly hope and know that we are your children. And these things that you have given us are true. Your evidences are all around us, Father, and we thank you for them. May we be your people this week. May we keep and remember the vows and the pledges we have made to you and that our lives are are yours. And we ask and pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.